0: You are listening to the Nurturing Birth Doula podcast, where we aim to dispel the myths, debunk the stories, and help people better understand the role of the doula in the 21st century. I am your host, Sophie Brigstock, owner of Nurturing Birth and course facilitator, and I invite you to grab a cuppa, pop on your headphones, and listen in as I chat to doulas, birth keepers, and Nurturing Birth friends about all things perinatal. Welcome back everybody. Um, It's lovely that you've come to join us at the Nurturing Birth Doula podcast. Today I am absolutely thrilled to have the gorgeous Lorraine Price with me and before we dive into one of the myths that she would like to dispel, um, I am going to give Lorraine the floor to come and introduce herself. So come and tell us a little bit about who you are and your doula journey.
1: Hi, Um, (laughs) my name is Lorraine and I have been a doula for just over two years. So I started my journey um, at the beginning of the pandemic. That's when I kind of went two-footed into doula work and it has been a journey since then. Um, A lot of the work that I did to begin with was virtual support, Mm -hmm. um, which was very different to obviously the training that I had with Nurturing Birth. It was all about in-person. So flexibility from day one Um, but it's been the best learning experience because of that and I've been really fortunate in terms of the clients that I've been able to support and the work that I've been able to do and just having the time to really focus on yeah really getting into the birth world and understanding what it's all about. I have supported clients from all over because of that and supported them virtually and in person and yeah a plethora of experience I guess in the last couple of years and always learning I think the thing that I'm understanding more and more about myself is how much I'm there for clients who want to birth outside of the kind of box that the system puts them in Mm. and a lot of the clients that find their way to me know that they can birth in a different way to the way that they may have been told Mm and Mm. supporting them through their choices and helping them to navigate the system and understand their birthrights.
0: Amazing. And I'm guessing from your accent that you are in the north of the country. I am.
1: I'm a northern bird. I'm originally from Manchester, um, but I live and do majority of my work around Bradford and Leeds, although I do support in Manchester as well. And so, yeah, there's not many doulas up here um, and very few black doulas up here as well, which Mm. is really important to me to be able to give that um, to clients who need it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you are such an incredible example of someone working in an area where there isn't a huge amount of doula support, of making it and being incredibly successful. You've been, I mean, you've been really busy.
1: Yeah, really busy. (laughs) And considering the time that I started, I thought, you know, this could be the worst timing, but actually it was probably the best timing because people we're still in need of support. And a lot of the support that people needed was being taken away. So I think that's definitely been part of the success. I think the fact that I'm just so passionate about what I do, and yeah. um, anyone who I meet, anyone who hasn't heard of a doula before gets the full spiel from me. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just, I live and breathe it. And it is, it's been a long journey for me to get to where I am now. And um, starting off with becoming a mother, Um, and going through the experience myself but then also learning a lot about myself and my own needs and meeting my desires and passion to do something different and to make a difference as well that's definitely helped I think to keep me going especially at times when it's like this feels like a lot and it's overwhelming yeah Um, but yeah to keep pushing through knowing that I'm making a difference
0: yeah, I, that was absolutely going to be my next question. I mean, I can hear the passion and, you know, you, you were a regular at the virtual cuppers. You've become a mentor on the nurturing birth team. So I get to hear you talking uh, on a regular basis about how passionate you are. But what brought you in in the first place? What made you decide to come and, and take a nurturing birth course?
1: So I thought I wanted to be a midwife. I've always been obsessed with birth. Um, watching birth videos I just think it's amazing that we are able to grow a whole human and then birth them and then become parents I, th- I just think when you boil it down to the simplicity of that it's massive and mm. um, so I was always really intrigued by birth and when I was pregnant with my daughter did lots of research and came across the word doula and i never heard about it and never knew what a doula was and it really struck a chord with me and that was the part of being a midwife that I really wanted which mm. was being on the journey with someone it wasn't necessarily about the medical understanding or even the babies it was you know the people that are going through this journey and being able to experience it and walk alongside them yeah So then when I went through my own birth and my early parenting journey I just thought why wouldn't anyone want a doula like there was so much that I could have learned from having a doula at that time so that's what kind of spurred me on being in a corporate job that I'd been in for 15 years. that I just lost complete passion for yeah. and knew that I wanted to do something different. That's what kind of spurred me on to take the course. And then, yeah, from there, it was there was nothing else that I could do. That's that's all I was going to be.
0: Yeah, you said you jumped in with two feet. I mean, you didn't just jump in with two feet. I mean, you hit the ground running.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah I really and as did. You
0: say, it was a, a lot of flexibility and, and adaptation because, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, there were so many questions about how could doers continue to support families when you know people were not allowed into the hospitals or. Um, into people's homes, we were allowed outside for one hour a day of exercise, weren't we? So, um, yeah, yeah, it was um, certainly g- gave you a, an opportunity right from the start to think about different ways in which you could support people.
1: And I think that's the the work that you do as a dealer is flexible. It's mm. meeting people where they are. With whatever their needs are, and the majority of what we do as doulas is is support people emotionally. Like no matter how I'm supporting someone, even if they think that they want someone that's going to come in and hold the baby, or you know, help out with the cooking, or you know, take the dog for a walk, inevitably, especially in the postnatal period, what I do is hold space. Yeah. And a lot of the work that I do with clients in preparation for birth as well is about holding space and whatever comes up for them so you can do that virtually and and not being limited by that I think really helped and yeah like I say the passion and the drive to support people no matter what was going on yeah um, it definitely helped
0: so we use that phrase a lot we you know when we kind of distill down the essence of doolering, we we often talk about you know we listen we hold space we signpost what does what does holding space mean to you
1: it's really hearing what the other person has to say without any agenda mm-hmm. without any bias without bringing my own opinion or views or emotion about something and just holding them in that space wherever they are without trying to, you know, everything's going to be better. And, you know, if we do this or you do that, it's just being present. And that takes a lot of work. It's not something that we all do naturally. And I think that's what I found from the course. It was really challenging. I thought I was going to go and learn all about birth and have all of this information. But actually, it was a real challenge for me Mm. to undo a lot of the biases that I had to really sit with someone else and be in that space. And in order to do that, I had to sit with myself. And that, yeah. that was huge. That was the first time that I'd ever really given myself that space.
0: Yeah. So that
1: really made me appreciate how important it is for someone else to have that space as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think people are often surprised on the course that there is so much focus on on our own journeys, our own biases, our, You know, the stories we tell ourselves, because how can we go and support people if we're carrying a whole load of, of baggage with us? Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose that brings us very nicely on to thinking <laughs> about one of the myths around doulas that you want to dispel. Um, tell us a little bit more about that.
1: So I think one of the biggest myths, both from doulas and from people that are looking for support, is that doulas don't support cesarean births. Yeah. And... This is something that I had to work on um, when I first started on my journey and understanding why anyone would choose to have a cesarean and all the narrative that comes with that. And I think it is so important for people who are looking for support to know that doulas do support cesarean birth, but also for fellow doulas to also work through what that looks like for them and how they're able to really show up for someone who is making choices that might not be the same as their own. And that is very much the work that we do on a regular basis is to constantly work on ourselves and our own biases.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Why do you, do you have a sense of why people think doulas don't support cesarean births?
1: I think there's still, a myth that we're all hippies and you know we're all just about you know home births and it all just being lovely and nice and that that isn't a way for people to birth Yeah. where I think the issue is that society has also got a really negative view of electing for a cesarean birth you mm. know the narrative of too posh to push is still around
0: 100%
1: and it's crazy and when you think about The fundamentals of supporting someone in their birth choices it shouldn't matter how they birth their babies as long as they've been able to get to that decision with information and support Um, and it is their choice and that they have that choice.
0: I also think it's incredibly short-sighted of people to say we're not going to support cesarean birth when more than a quarter in some places more than a third in some places Close to ninety percent of people are having cesarean births you know uh, for me it 's about this is this is in the modern day this is doolering in the in the 21st century in the maternity system that we have where there are so many stories and there is so much medicalization going on and you know for some people i know i know there 's a big um, I haven't found an alternative. I know a lot of people struggle with the notion of high risk pregnancy, but I don't know about you. I often find that people who have been designated high risk or high need pregnancy are the ones who are asking for doula support. They've got a lot to navigate, to work their way through. And for some people, as you said, you know, cesarean birth may be the best option for them in their circumstances.
1: Exactly. And it is, taking into consideration their pregnancy journey it's also taking into consideration their experiences a lot of the time so if someone's asking for a cesarean birth there's a valid reason for it and it's whether the system has let them down Mm -hmm. or they know that it can become really highly medicalized especially if they're trying to have a birth that isn't prescriptive And that in itself can cause a lot of trauma along the way. So being able to have an element of control over birth, I think is really important to a lot of people. And I think the fact that, like you say, so many births are through cesarean, actually you're invalidating a lot of people's experiences if you're not supporting that, because Mm. there are babies, there are, you know, women and birthing people who are having these experiences and therefore they deserve. The same amount of support as someone who's choosing to birth their baby vaginally yeah and then there's people who want to birth vaginally who end up having unplanned cesarean births yeah. so as a doula you have to be in a place where you can support that because it can happen
0: yeah. and
1: be able to give as much information to a client who hasn't necessarily planned for that is really important so it's important that we do the work
0: Totally, totally. Um, You know, for some people having a cesarean may be very, very healing after a previous traumatic or challenging birth experience. For some people, it may be something they end up doing. Um, So I'm just wondering, I know some people, I know lots of times when I've spoken to clients potential clients friends that they've said well why would you need a doula if you're having a cesarean I mean it's a medical process you know you just hand your body over don't you and I I think there's every bit as much preparation to do yeah when it comes to having a cesarean burn yeah
1: definitely and if not more I think even if it's even if it's something that you've selected to do I always remind my clients that it's still your birth experience. This yes. is still the moment that you're going to meet your baby. It's yes. still so important and will be such a pivotal po- moment in your life. Yes. So to relinquish all control over that is crazy. And I think yes. that is why it's so important for someone who is choosing to have a cesarean to have that support so that they can navigate a system where they potentially are just going in for a major abdominal surgery and that's Mm. how it's seen Mm. um and that's often the the experience being in the room with a client is that it's a surgery not a birth Yes, and I think that mentality really needs to shift and change because people are going to be left with trauma if that's the way that they are you know they're the way that they're treated and not treated as if they're about to meet their baby for the first time
0: yeah Yeah. And there's been a huge amount of work done around cesarean and abdominal birth over the last decade, um, at least. Um, And it's interesting to see the changes that have happened and how they have impacted people, because at the end of the day, we are talking about somebody's birth experience and we are talking about how that potentially impacts them going forwards and their relationship with their baby and all of that kind of thing, which is so fundamental. It's not like you're just going into an operating theater to fix a broken leg. You know, this, we're talking about the arrival of a child into the world, aren't we? So it's really important. What would you say are some of the most important considerations for your client's who are facing a cesarean birth what what have what's made a difference when you've worked with them
1: so I think having the space to talk about it and discuss the options I think one of the things that people don't know is that they still have options within cesarean birth
0: yeah absolutely
1: So it's taking the time to talk them through what those options are the system won't necessarily tell them what those options are and and it's you know it's Things that make them feel like it is more of their experience. It helps them to feel more in control, and like you said, it helps them to enjoy the experience of meeting their baby. So, from things like thinking about how you actually want to go into theatre—do you want to walk in rather than you know being wheeled in and on, on a bed—that can make such a difference for you, feeling empowered mm-hmm. going into something rather than feeling like you go in in as a patient, which no one having their baby is, mm-hmm. and knowing what those options are and which ones feel right for them and the impact that that can have on their lasting experience I think is a lot of the work that I do with clients whether they are electing to have a cesarean or whether they just want to consider it with consider it within their birth plans yeah and there's been a few experiences where it's not been plan a but they are so grateful that they've had time to consider Plan B because
0: absolutely. otherwise it's felt
1: like it's not theirs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I had, um, I you know, I've w- had been attending birth since 2008 and I still have a really, really close friend who I was really privileged to support. And she still talks, you know, this is 10 years ago now. She still talks about The biggest disappointment around her birth was that I wasn't allowed to go into the operating theater with her. You know, that we had a long, it was a long birth experience, this one. Um, And when the decision was made and she was totally comfortable with the decision that was made, we talked it all through, they knew their options. We had the most brilliant, brilliant, brilliant um, team of midwives and obstetricians around. However, she still talks about my biggest disappointment was was leaving you at the door of the operating theatre and not being able to see you until after the baby was born. And I think things are beginning to change. Have you been able to go in with clients to cesareans? So I've been in for one
1: client who um it wasn't a planned cesarean. She ended up um having a cesarean just because of complications um during her labour. Um fortunately I was her only um support. I was she's a solo mum. Mm-hmm. So I was always gonna be with her throughout her birth experience. Yeah. And you know, she's shared what that experience has been like for her. And the importance of having someone there that was purely in the room for her. Yeah. And I think that might have been, you know, something that was coming up for your friend that, you know, you were there just for her. Yes. And that's what we are as dealers: We are there for that person. And so when everything else was going on in the theatre, when they were struggling to, you know, get an epidural in, and she just needed somewhere to focus and she yes. could focus on a familiar face, that for her was the saving grace and an experience that she just even though she'd planned for it, Mm -hmm. when you're in it, it still feels very different. Um, And being in an operating theatre, especially because we don't necessarily support mother-centred or birthing person-centred cesareans in terms of the system, you know, we've still got bright lights, it still feels like a theatre, it's still very much general chit-chat the way that a theatre would be I think that the important thing is for that person to have someone that is on their team and can be there to vocalise things for them as well.
0: Do you know I heard the most incredible story um, not so long ago um, about a doula who supported a client who was having a cesarean and um, they knew knew this was an elective cesarean and so they had asked in advance that the doula be able to come in, in addition to the birth, the partner. And the hospital, I think, reluctantly agreed. And on the day when they went into the theatre, the doula was very firmly, politely, but firmly, shown where to sit in a corner out of the way. Yeah. And literally minutes later, the, the, the birthing mother leapt off the operating table I think this was just prior to the spinal block being put in leapt off the table said I can't do this and ran out of the room Wow! and the doula said to everyone just just give me give me five minutes to go and chat to her and they came back in together and it was in that moment that the the team in the operating theatre said to the doula, right, you be right here, right here. here (laughs) Because in that moment, that just demonstrated the need need for the doula, the role that the doula had to play in that. So there are lots of people in the operating theatre and they all have their very important roles to play. But there wasn't that one person who knew this particular woman and her particular fears and expectations and stories and all of that kind of thing apart from the doula. And so it was, I think, an incredible moment, actually.
1: Yeah, that's huge.
0: It, it was incredible. And I've, I've been very privileged to work quite closely with a lovely anaesthetist uh, in London who's done quite a lot of work researching around people's experiences of being in operating theatres. Um, and the, she has has found that there are very small but profoundly significant changes that can be made to make somebody's experience feel very very different so such simple things as you know hospital gowns are pretty horrible and they feel quite exposing so rather than giving people one hospital gown which is open at the back they gave them two so that they could wear one facing forwards and one facing back and feel a bit more covered up they gave them disposable knickers to wear to go into the operating theatre just thinking about People's sense of dignity, they allowed them to walk into the operating theatre, as you said, small things, but that just make a very significant difference to people's experience.
1: Exactly that. And I think that's why the planning is so important because it's being able to communicate those things, knowing that you can have them. Mm. Now, having music playing in the theatre can just, you know, it still brings that birthing atmosphere if you're having your own music there. Yeah. Asking people not to do shop talk. Yes. You know, to consider the fact that there's a baby entering the room, yes, and speaking to the mother as someone who is present, not just someone who's lying on the table, yeah. Um, and there's things like not having IVs in your dominant hand so you can immediately receive the baby, yes. having your hospital gown so you can have skin to skin straight away and have that, absolutely,
0: kind
1: of delayed cord clamping, all the things that are possible. And I think, as much as I don't like to look to the American system, the thing with Um, America's they have so much more experience in terms of caesareans because they do them a lot Mm. but they seem to be a bit more forward in terms of the family-centered things Mm. that they can do the way that baby's born having a slower process for baby coming out of you know the 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 abdomen and there's so many things that I think we can still be learning from it Mm -hmm. and and taking forward but I think it's just so important that people know their options
0: yeah Yeah, I absolutely always, regardless of the kind of birth that someone is hoping for in their ideal scenario, um, I will always, always talk to people about what what happens if, you know, this ends up being a cesarean birth, what would still be really important to you in that moment? And people often surprise me, you know, things Mm -hmm. that I would think perhaps would be really important to me as someone who had cesarean births. Um, You know, some of those things don't matter to them at all, but something else can be really like that would matter to me hugely. I I remember meeting somebody once, um, a very young woman, and she had had a very, very traumatic first birth experience. And so with her second, she opted to have a cesarean and she had doula support through a charity. And um, I went and interviewed her filmed her actually and she was talking about her birth with this enormous grin on her face in fact she lived in Bradford
1: oh, amazing <laughs> she
0: was talking about how when her baby came out she had the sugar babes push that button or whatever it was called playing <laughs> and for her That was just that was the the piece of music she wanted playing when her baby came into the world. And when she recounted that story, I mean, I've I've got goosebumps thinking about it now, but you could just see the complete shift for her in that experience. She had a really restorative healing birth experience because she was listened to, she was respected, she was given options, she made decisions about what she wanted that environment to be, and I think that was just everything.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it was hers, and I think that's, yeah, I think that's it, it's being able to come out of that experience, knowing that however and why ever you've, you know, birthed the way that you have, that it's been within your control and you've made the decision to do that. Yeah. I had a beautiful experience with a couple who had planned a home birth and um, and I'd supported them for over 24 hours. They, you know, they'd worked so hard at home. And at some point she just turned around and was like this isn't happening. I know it's not going to happen. And she was really clear that it just, you know, it wasn't working being at home and she wanted to have a cesarean. Mm-hmm. And for someone who'd worked so hard for a home vaginal birth to be able to make that decision. It was really clear that she she was given the space and time to make that decision.
0: Yeah,
1: And even though, like going to the hospital with them, you spoke about it before, there's nothing worse than being left in the oh. room when, with them, when they go off to theatre. It's such a hard place for a dealer to be, especially when you've been on such a long journey with the person yeah. birth. And you sat there worried about what the experience is going to be like for them. You know, who are you going to meet on the other side? Yeah. And I just remember sitting in the room, having a little cry to myself. I think I messaged the nurturing birth group and was just like, this has just happened and I don't know what to do. (laughs) Um, And then going to meet them in recovery. And they were so happy. They Mm. were so happy. And they'd done the preparation for a cesarean birth. They'd prepared for what might come up. and she was just like it happened the way that it was meant to happen and I made the choice and it was right for me and it was you know there was no there was no immediate trauma from it she wasn't having to recover mentally and emotionally from a birth that didn't feel like hers and I think that is the important thing for us to support people in is that they get a choice whether it's from the beginning of their pregnancy whether it's unplanned during labor whatever it looks like they get a choice in how they birth their babies and that's the thing that I think has the most positive impact on where they end up in their parenting experience.
0: Oh I feel like that's the perfect moment to leave it although I want to carry on talking about this all day (laughs) um, as I do with all of the topics but that yeah I just think you have absolutely condensed it into a nutshell just perfect perfect perfect. Thank you so much. Um, Lorraine, it's been an absolute joy chatting to you. Um, how can people find you in the great wide world um, <laughs> if so they want I, to connect?
1: Yeah, I do a lot of work um, on Instagram. So my Instagram is mama to mama doula and also through my website, which is www.mamatomama.co.uk
0: marvelous and if you are interested in being mentored by Lorraine then you'll find her profile on the nurturing birth website as well um it's been a joy thank you so 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 much um and I look forward to seeing you soon
1: yeah definitely see you soon Sophie
0: bye bye Thank you for listening to the Nurturing Birth Doula podcast. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you've got any questions or any feedback, don't hesitate to come back to us. It's info at nurturingbirth.co.uk. And do follow us on social media at nurturing underscore birth on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find us on Facebook as well. Please do give us a review if you've enjoyed this episode. We are on Spotify, we're on Apple and we would love to hear your thoughts about any future episodes you'd like to hear. So do get in touch. Thanks for listening. Bye.